You're listening to Tuneful Radio, a podcast created and hosted by me, Natalia Anderson. Every episode, I will be taking my guest on a trip down memory lane, visiting the songs that remind them of defining periods of their lives. To make it simple, I've categorised these periods as follows. Early childhood, school or college, university or early adulthood, love and heartbreak, and finally, present day. But that's not all. We'll also take a look to the future when I shine my spotlight on the best unsigned talents around. Stay tuned because you're in for a treat. It's Thanks for joining me on this episode of Tuneful Radio. Before we jump into it, I just want to let you know of all the places you can listen to this podcast. Of course, there's Apple Podcasts, so you can listen directly onto your device and you can subscribe to the podcast right there. But I want you to be aware that you won't hear full clips of the music that we're referencing. If you really want to immerse yourself into this episode and hear the full juicy clips of the songs that we're talking about, then head over to the website, which is www.tunefulradio.com. And there you have a player where you can listen to the episode in full and hear all the, um, all the songs that we're talking about. There you'll also find a Spotify playlist of my guest music choices, as well as all the info you need about my Spotlight artist. You can also listen directly on mixcloud.com forward slash tuneful radio and there you can follow the podcast as well. Lastly, feel free to follow over on Twitter and Instagram. I'm there uh, at tuneful radio and you can use the hashtag tuneful radio if you want to tweet about an episode. That would be cool because then I can see what you're saying. That's all for now. Let's just get into the episode. Hi everyone, I hope you're doing super well. This month I'm interviewing the very talented actor Ansu Kabia. Now I've known Ansu for many years and I'm really fortunate enough to call him one of my best friends. So I'm so excited to share him with you. He trained at the celebrated drama centre in London and he also went on to be a part of the Royal Shakespeare Company and has worked with some theatre greats such as Dame Judi Dench and Sir Kenneth Branagh. He's now showcasing his talents on the big screen and the small screen with roles in the BBC drama World on Fire, which is out in September. And you can also catch him this Christmas acting alongside Amelia Clark in the movie Last Christmas, which is out in December. For now, though, I'm chatting with Ansu about the various songs that remind him of different periods of his life. Also stay tuned to the end of the show where I'll be looking to the future and showcasing a cool unsigned band called In the Forest and their song Tired. But first, here's Ansu Kabia. My name's Ansu Kabia. I am an actor, an old friend of Ms. Natalia Anderson. 
Well, what'd you go by? Natalia Anderson or... I'm still Anderson. Yeah, 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 yeah. 21st century. <laughs> I don't want to confuse my fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing. <laughs> what fans is it? <laughs> no, I'm not just about fans or husband, but we're not in that world. It's the 21st century, yeah. Yeah, my wife is uh, keeping her names. I mean, why not? Um, yeah, but, uh, uh, well, yeah, I don't know if it's, it's relevant or interesting, but we've been friends since... Well, okay. actually, because, yeah, we've been friends since college days, which was from 99. Yes. But... We should be revealing my age now. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind. Well, you have the power of edit, so you can... I'll just say some stuff, and then, you know, you can do it every life with it later on. I went to college when I was five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does that say about me? Making friends with a five-year-old? <laughs> Interesting. Without any parents around, yeah. Oh. But anyway, but yes, yeah. So in, that was ninety nine. But I was gonna say, like, I'm sure you remember this, but like, I met you years before that. Because yeah. uh, so Natalia, for those listening, is one of my cousin's very good old friends. You went to school together, yes, a primary school right. as well. No, no, we didn't no, go to primary school. Just yeah. secondary, secondary school. school yeah. So I must have met you. Class. Yeah. So I must have met you while you guys were at secondary school yeah. at one of the parties. At her house, that, yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. And she had a party for. It was for a child. I remember it. I remember it because it was for a child who was like a like it was like a three year old, a th- yeah, three year old's party, but everybody there was our age oh, right. because she was only interested. I don't even really, remember why. Oh, well. was it for her brother then? Her little brother? Maybe? It could have been actually. Yeah, that's yeah, likely. It could have been because yeah, he was. He, I remember when he was born. I remember yeah. when she came home. Anyway, it's not that. This is part of my life. This is actually the good thing about us. I knew that we would get into a nice conversation and just, uh, you know, there's going to be so much content. Maybe I'll well, have to make this a two part episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to censor myself. Except <laughs> no, for exactly. Like, you know, I don't want you to. Well, I'll censor myself for like dirty stuff. But <laughs> I won't censor what we go into it and you can edit and whatever. Yeah. And you always tell me to stop talking about. That nonsense. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what yeah, a, so we go back. We go, we way, go back. way back. And we will go. I'm going to take you way back before we knew each other. Okay, yeah. So our first category on this podcast, my first category is childhood memories, childhood songs, songs that remind you of your childhood. Mm. So um, can you remember the song that you chose? Yeah, it was the Paul Paul Simon song. Um, uh, <laughs> <I'm> so <laughs> clearly, I can't remember the song I chose. What's it called? It's, you can it's, call me out. You can call me out. And interestingly, actually, because I didn't write down the song that actually first came to mind, because I was like, what is was it controversial? Yeah, it was um, Billie Jean. And I was like, Michael Jackson. And yeah. this, in this time, I was just like, do we talk oh. about that? But at the, like, I have a friend who said to me, like, I mean, it's controversial. So everyone has their own opinion. But I had a friend who said to me a couple of weeks ago, was like, if he did th- those things, he did those things, and that's really bad, and so on. But that was part of my childhood. Uh, like, those songs, the music, the the brand as well, I guess. The, just the whole thing. Like, it was, it was, it was so big. Everything about Michael yeah, Jackson was so yeah. big in the, in the world that, like... like but you, it, can't, you can't be expected to untangle that yeah. from your own personal memory. Yeah. And you're because like who you, are. And who you are. Yeah, yeah. Because it is just part of you yeah. as you grow up. So, and when he said that, I was just like, do you know what? You've got a very good point. Uh, a very good point. So, um, yeah, Billy, Billy Jean was even yeah. 
when I said to my mum about the songs that I grew up with, that's the first one she comes right. up with. Right. Apparently, I used to be like, play Billy, play Billy. <laughs> I don't remember it, but you know. It I like, love it. And your mum is quite musical. Oh, she's well. very, She yeah. loves music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she goes to concerts and she does that sort of stuff. She goes to concerts. Did you have so, music a lot at home then? Yeah, loads. So there was always music in, you know, like those days in like the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. You had um, the turntable and the old vinyls. Did you have turntable vinyls at home? Yeah, did you not? No. Oh, yeah, I listened to your one. You guys didn't have music, did you? The thing is, do you know what? After I listened back to the one with my sister, which is episode one, um, I realised that, you know, we didn't have music in the sense of, like, like buying music. Mm. But my parent, my dad listened to the radio a lot. Right. We had the radio on. Right, right, right. And my dad would listen a lot to classical FM right, and yeah. um, to Radio 3. We had a lot of classical music at home, yeah, which yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah. we kind of just dismissed ourselves, <laughs> you know. Child, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but we and we did record, like, the top 40. We'd listen to, like, the top 40 and stuff like that. But in terms of, like, having... Uh, discs and yeah yeah and well, when you say the top 40 is that your parents recorded it or you no guys? no we did yeah, we right, did right, right, once right. we got older yeah and had, a, had your own radio yeah, players and yeah. stuff like that yeah no we had a, we had a, a turn we there was always a tur- at least one turntable in the house uh and the one that i remember is still there to this day like a pine you know those pioneer sort of stack systems that you used to get and parts of it work still and parts of it don't um, but yeah, there were there was just loads of records. But I do remember like the like in the house, Marvin Gaye, the um, uh, Al Green, and um, yeah, Michael Jackson, yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. A lot of the Motown classics. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's brilliant. What were you like as a child before I knew you? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> what were, were you? Were you? Did you get into trouble, or were you quite sensible? No. I feel like you wouldn't. I didn't really get into trouble. No, I was very shy. Mm. Very shy from the beginning. Mm. Um, and like, like quite, just a quiet child. And if I was doing anything wrong, I was always very good at hiding it. And people would think that I was a very innocent child. Yeah, and they so, would go, not answer. It couldn't not. be. <laughs> probably really disappointed when they found out it was me. But, um, yeah, whereas my, my sister, even though she was actually really shy, sometimes I think she was shy because I was shy sort of thing. Mm. But um, but she was much more, uh, kind of, you know, like kind of, in a way, extroverted and emotional person and would get into trouble. Yeah. You know. Let me bring it back to um, the song that we will actually play. Yeah. You Can Call Me Out by Paul Simon. Yeah. So what is it about this song? What, what well, sort of memory is attached yeah, to that? Yeah, and it's funny because, like, that's the song I chose because I think that was, like... That's kind of the one that's in my head, but it may be that I've put that there after. It may actually be more the album of the time. And it was, uh, I think it's just because, like, I just have a lot of memories of either that song or his music. Yeah. Just in my life, in many different places, not just at home. So you'd go to, like, um, uncles and aunties or whatever, and you would hear music from... I've even got this image of being in a house, a relative's house... Actually, it's a flat in my memory. Um, it's quite dark. And we're watching... Oh, well, on the TV is a James Bond movie. And it's the one where... Um, it's Roger Moore. And I don't know if you're a James Bond fan. Because you're looking Roger at me Moore. slightly... No, 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 no. I remember, I'm, I'm Sean Connery I like. Oh, no, yeah. Sean Connery obviously is the great. But, like, when I was young... 
for yeah. me it was I just loved Roger Moore the, yeah. the Roger Moore because they, they're a bit more kind of silly and kind of whatever <laughs> so like as a kid I used to love those Roger Moore um, James Bond movies I used to watch them with my mum um, and it's the one where he's got it's got this um, white car which when it goes into the sea becomes a submarine oh. yeah, it's brilliant <laughs> So um, I just have a memory of that being on the TV and this song playing at the same time. And as I say, it might not be that song, it might be um, the album. But I just have a feeling of that song. And like, like we get dragged to like, you know, relatives' parties and usually weddings yeah, just yeah. constantly. It's the hate so this, would you find this song at weddings? I well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That I, I, don't, I don't remember it being at the weddings. Right. But I had a bad experience, not bad experience, but I didn't used to enjoy those experiences, the weddings and stuff mm. at that age. Never enjoyed them. Yeah. And so I don't associate the music that I heard there with good feelings. Oh, Whereas really? that I, I associate with good feelings and good sort of oh, vibes and times. Yes, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I so that's why I chose that song or that album, that artist. Yeah. Because I have a good... It brings up like nice nostalgic yeah. feelings and memories from yeah. the time, whereas other songs I can name which were just around were always at the weddings. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're like, oh, oh, I'm bored. Yeah. Well, let us hear it. Let's take a listen to "You Can Call Me Out" by Paul Simon. This intro, I yeah. think most people have really good memories of this. Yeah, introduction. you remember this, right? Yeah, I do. And do you remember the video? And I do. Chevy Chase. In the Chevy video. Chase was an absolute genius. Like. Look at <laughs> What happened to Chevy Chase, man? Like, even if you watch, like, some of the, the comedies he did, did... Did you see him on Community? No, I've never seen Community. Oh, so he's in that, is he? Yes. He was in so many of those films in, like, the 80s and... Well, but do you, did you ever see Spines Like Us? Of course. Was, it, was that Chevy Chase? No, yeah. it wasn't. Yes, it was. Was it? Was Spines he, Like Us? Yes. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry, it was him I'm, and um, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Okay, good. Because that was so Mate, funny. It was unbelievable. I feel like I want to watch it now, but I'm going to be like, it's, good, it's not going to age well. No, is it going to be, be like one of those... The thing is, we, <laughs> I think... Did I try to watch it with Amaka, actually? I tried to watch it... Re- Amaka, my wife, for those of us. I tried to watch it recently uh, and think with her, maybe, because she'd not seen it when she was <laughs> right. younger. Something, yeah, and like... Like it's sexist it and oh my you God, know, it's that is the like, thing. Yeah. These 80s movies don't <laughs> yeah, age well. They don't age well. And the comedy doesn't too. necessarily always. But I mean, even watching it, like. But my just... favourite scene when they're going down the line saying, Doctor, Doctor, Doctor. I don't doctor. think we got that far. Yeah. And then goes, Doctor, to the woman, Doctor. I just. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is, the way he would do all of that stuff is so funny. Yeah. Like he's he like, like he's such a good. I think such a good comedy actor, mm. so brilliant. And the number of films that he did at that time as well. He's and like exactly watching Spies Like Us again. It probably doesn't age very well, but you can still see the brilliance of like him and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. It's just a different level. Yeah, the stuff yeah. that they're doing do is you, unbelievable. I mean, as an actor yourself, do you sometimes watch these old? actors and these old movies as a way to almost like homework I guess yeah. and just to kind of pick up yeah definitely sometimes you do, you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but the thing is you know it's like anything when you're professional and like especially in such a um competitive field like you're like anytime there's anything that you can pick up from you're just like automatically and sometimes you just want to like you know watch something and enjoy it but right. you're always like you know 
oh, actually, I could use I could use that. How did he do that? How does she do that? What the? So you know what I mean? Wow, or yeah. like, oh, that doesn't really work. I better make sure I never do that. Sort really? Of thing. Oh so yeah. And it's and like yeah 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 and especially because so like I've I've spent so much of my career in the theatre and then only recently like in the past sort of year doing much more on screen and so kind of I'd say technically it's very different different so like I'm learning a lot and having to kind of just not go backwards it's not a, a backwards thing but you know like a like it's just a lot really of it's learning. new yeah and so you're learning a lot of new things just like largely on a level of technique. Mm. And so you have the experience and you go, oh, actually, that was tricky. Then you watch something on the TV or in film and you go, oh, okay, that thing there, if I do what she just did, that would really help me. Mm. Or, oh, yeah, he really struggled with that same thing as well. How do you get over that? Do you know what I mean? So, mm. and like that happens when you're, for me anyway, when you're watching stuff, yeah. like, you, like you would just spot these things. Like I saw someone do, a, can I say names on this? Yeah, of, why not? Of, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Oh, we just talked about Cherry Chase. But, um, <laughs> I'm gonna beep his name. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, I was watching True Detective, the first season. Just started watching that. Who was in that one? That's um, Woody Harrison Woody and uh, Matthew McConaughey. And Matthew McConaughey, yeah. And Woody Harrison does this thing, right? It's re- it's it's like most people would just never notice it. And is this just in True Detective or generally? No, no, no this is one this moment is, oh, in True Detective. Okay. It's one moment, which is less than a second long. You know what I mean? He does this thing when I was like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. How did you tell that much story in such a tiny... Uh, moment a tiny thing that you did it wasn't saying anything yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't something that would have been scripted but like he it, he he did it and I was just like that was brilliant and then and then literally I practiced it wow. like five times to see if I could do the same thing yeah. put it in the muscle memory so that if I ever need if, to do something like that you, you've got it in your bag yeah you've got it in your and it resources won't, exactly bag. and when I, if I ever do do it it won't be the exact same thing that he did mm. but it's just the feeling of it mm. so, so that I know that if I have to do something that has to tell that kind of story I can more easily reach it yeah because I've That's seen it and I then, love I love hearing that sort of thing that sort of behind the scenes of um, of what goes into acting mm. Uh, do you ever use music to reach emotions and that sort of thing? When yeah, you're one of my song choices here, actually. Um, Which one is it? Is it down the, the line? Yeah, down the line. Okay, we'll get back we to that. We won't talk to that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, often, especially if you have a, for me anyway, because, I mean, loads of people use music. Especially for me, uh, if I have either a very emotional character or an emotional, um, or like a, a moment of heightened emotion, then music is a really can be a really good way to help get you in. So like I was on, um, I was on set doing a thing at one point where I, had, I needed to just be really emotional, and so like all the stuff that's going on sometimes can be really really distracting. So I took my phone on <clears throat> onto set with my headphones. When I knew that it was going to happen, I went off, put my music on, and just sat in it for as long as I could. Then when they say it's time. Then I gave the phone and the headphones to somebody, and then go on and try yeah. and. Is it is it a particular song that you listen to, or? Do you uh, well, like, no, I'll choose a particular song for, for the for the yeah the moment mm. or the character, or whatever it is. Yeah.
Right, let's move on to school college. That was actually the time when we met. Properly, yes, yeah. Right, so... Wait, hold on. Oh, you mean like, yeah, well, college. Well, we, we yeah, went yeah, to the yeah, same like college. We became friends, City yeah. and Islington. City and Islington. Yeah. You, what, what were you studying? I, yeah, what were you studying? You tell uh, me. Well, yeah, so college time I did uh, maths, physics and theatre studies A-level. Yeah. And how, that's quite a bit of a, it's almost like, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, but it's yep. almost like that thing where, okay, you've got the two serious subjects yeah. and the one where you can just sort of, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I mean, how, how did you come about like choosing those subjects? This has got to be another long one. So oh, no, because... no, I want you to go for it. I want you to go for it. I'll yeah. see if I can do a slightly shortened version, but basically I, from the age of 10, wanted to be an architect. Do you know this? No, I didn't know that. Right. So I, from the age of 10, wanted to be an architect, and that was it. Because I was always really good with, um, like, art was my actually my strongest subject. Wasn't interested in, in drama in any way, acting, whatever, anything. I wasn't interested at all. And even, like, when it came to choosing GCSEs in year 10, or just but as we're going into yeah, year 10, yeah. I remember sitting down at parents' evening with the, the drama teachers and then, and then and then finding out that I was going to do art and not drama, because you couldn't do both. Yeah. And they were shocked. I was like, in my head, I was still a shy person at this time. Yeah. I didn't say much. But in my head, I was just like, why are you shocked? You actually thought I was going to do drama. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I was never going to, like, why would I want to do that? This ridiculous subject. Um, uh, so, yeah, I was always going to do art anyway. <clears throat> Wanted to be an architect. And then, you know, someone must have said that to be an architect you have to be really good with maths and physics which I was anyway but I did the, the exam did like the higher tier exams at GCSE and after that I just thought well what if I don't get the grades I need to go on and do my A-levels what else would I do mm. and then I just had this idea I was like well I like film so and yeah because uh, what's that film um, uh, Tarantino film you know Pulp Fiction Pulp Fiction had come out around, I can't remember what yeah, year it came out, but it was around that time, and that was a big deal, as you remember. Yeah. And I loved it, and was like, and you know, that was, I think, when it entered my consciousness that, you know, somebody directs a film and somebody writes a film, sort of thing, like really. Mm. And so I thought, oh, yeah, I could be a writer director. That's literally it. And through the summer holiday, I got this idea in my head, and well, it, it grew in my head that I wanted to be a writer director, and it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And I was like, actually, I don't want to be an architect. I want to be a writer-director. So then I was going to do um, art, theatre studies and English. And, you know, having African parents. You know, that wasn't going to happen. That wasn't so gonna there happen. was a whole big... Hallelujah in the house about how because <laughs> <laughs> I think they felt so secure like from age 10 you want to do a sensible yeah. job have a sensible career and then suddenly at what 16 it's just like oh, no. <laughs> they, I couldn't yeah they must have been pretty um, well thrown off and they're like no you're not doing that and I was like yeah that's what I want to do and yeah we just had this whole big back and forth for the whole summer holiday whatever um, and then it came to the time where you have to go and actually choose your subjects at the college. Yeah. And you go independently, obviously. And uh, they were just trying their hardest to persuade me 
Uh, Did they suggest the maths and the... Uh, well, uh, to be an architect, I was going to do maths and physics oh, anyway, right? right? right, right. To right be an, like your parents suggested it. No, that was my idea already yeah, from yeah, doing okay. my uh, um, GCSEs. I was going to do maths, physics and art. Mm. So they were happy with that because that was the way to go and become an architect. So I was like, I want to do art, theatre studies and English. They were like, no. Um, so they were... <laughs> But I don't know what what they thought of me, but then they were like, okay, we'll make a compromise. Why don't you do maths and physics just to, just like as a fallback sort of thing, just to like stay on that track, just in case the theatre thingy, whatever that is, doesn't work out. Do maths and physics, but then as a compromise, do art. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but that's, what was, that's not a compromise. That's exactly what I was going to do before. Um, so I was like... So in the end, I was like, okay, all right, yeah, whatever, yeah, I'll do that. So I went down to the college, I, I signed up for maths, signed up for physics, and then I had this choice to make. I was like, what am I going to do? And then I signed up for theatre studies. Wow. And so obviously I, was, I, was, I wasn't very popular when I went home. So yeah, I did that. But it was really hard because maths and physics do not complement um, theatre studies. So, you know, when it comes to the essay writing and stuff like that, yeah. that was that was really hard. If I was, and like, you know, all my peers were doing English and mm. those sorts of subjects and even history. And so they were just reading and writing all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, it didn't help my essay writing at all. And how did you find the jump from maths and physics from GCC into a-level that's usually like such a huge jump it's a pretty big jump for me you, was it all right for you it was okay for me yeah, okay. Because, like i was because i was always good with those subjects yeah that wasn't an issue but then i didn't do any work <laughs> i did at first but i didn't do enough work and so then um like I, like it like you know at first i didn't have many friends at, at college so i, I would do my you homework you didn't have many friends at college in the first few weeks oh first few weeks yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would probably be more like a week. <laughs> <laughs> a week, like a few. In my mind, anyway. I remember, I remember every day going to to the library and doing my homework, oh. which for me was a big like I yeah. never school time. I never did my homework, but I had learned that if you just do your homework and you don't think, you will still get good grades. Yeah. And so I just did my homework, thinking, well, if I do it, I'll be alright. Because that had happened to me at G- some of the GCSEs that I didn't like doing at all. I'd, I was forced to do the homework in yeah. detention and then up with good grades. I was like, oh, this is the secret. That's this the is the key. Secret. Just do your homework. You don't even have to think. <laughs> so I started started off like that, but yeah, then made friends and all that kind of thing. And so, um, especially when I made friends that lived around me as well, like yeah. Tottenham friends. I was Tottenham friends. Yeah, but we were already friends. Yeah, yeah. So that was... I remember feeling a bit jealous. Well, actually, do you know what? It's a better word. It's, that's not the word because... I think jealousy implies that I wasn't happy for you. Mm. I wanted to do uh, when I saw you doing theatre studies. Uh, yeah, you doing, yeah, yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. you know that I yeah. really wanted to yeah. do it as well, and I felt like I was missing out and yeah. I was being left out. But mm. I was loving like seeing how you were getting, you know, yeah, yeah, flourishing yeah. and doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't think jealousy isn't that that bad a word. I don't. For, well, I don't think anybody. it was jealousy in that sense. I think it was just more like, oh, I want to be in that group. Yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> just, yeah. You know, I, I had a similar, you know, with my parents, they um, West Indian and mm. my dad was, my mum wasn't, you know, if it was up to her, I could just, I could probably just do Oh, right. Yeah, it was more my dad who was very much like, um, 
you know, you've got to do this and yeah. leaves the door open and, and yeah. acting is just a hobby and, mm, and that sort mm, of stuff. Mm. So I always had it in my brain that I couldn't study it and, mm. and I was looked on longingly to, you know, when people would go into those It's hard. Yeah. No, but it's hard. Like, this is, this is why, you know, like, earlier on you were talking about the guy that was asking me those questions about getting into act, acting and stuff. That's why I try, if I can, I don't always succeed, but I always try to give as much time and... Um, effort I guess into people who do ask because mm. usually and most of the time they're young black men basically mm. but often it can be um, young uh, black women or Asian I guess maybe but if you come from a background where everyone around you doesn't is not in this any kind of artistic industry yeah. like it's very hard to know what you need to do yeah. Yeah. Uh, to just fulfill your, your if it's a dream or a talent you have or whatever so if they ask me I'll try and give as much help as I can mm. because I know that they're not going to get it from home. Yeah. Either because the at home they don't want to help or because they just don't know. And like, you know, we had we came from families where people didn't know. They didn't actually. know. And I think I think I think the time when we were going to higher education was a time of maybe movement or change where mm. I think them as immigrants coming in yeah. It was the fact that you be a doctor, lawyer, or whatever yeah. these these big jobs, and you were guaranteed that path of success. Yeah. But with our generation, we were more inclined to do what we like, and mm. then you can still find success yeah. by enjoying what you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and and that was my thing. Like I, I personally always excelled when I was having fun. Mm. You know, and at first I thought it was something to be. Uh, embarrassed about or ashamed mm. of like oh you can't be working hard if you're having fun <laughs> right. but um, but yeah so I think the, the problem with that I found with my parents or my, my dad in particular poor dad he's like, <laughs> just getting it he got it in the last episode I heard. <laughs> 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 he can take it that's why I love my dad everyone yeah. my dad can listen and he can take any of the yeah, and yeah, we've already gone over this stuff yeah. but, but what was with him he didn't he didn't budge. He didn't mm, budge. Mm, and mm. everyone knew that, you know, for me, like Natalia, she's, she's really exuberant. She's really out there. Mm -hmm. She's go, you know, if she wants to act, she should be doing that. She should be doing, you know, these sorts of things. He's like, no, no, no. And he didn't, he mm, didn't move. Mm, mm, and I was still under his influence sort yeah. of thing. So it was much, it was very difficult for me to go, actually, no, I really want to do that. Yeah. Especially as well. I was, I was, um, almost, you know, I had B's across the board in, yeah. in my uh, GCC, so there wasn't any sort of defining yeah, 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 B, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. that stood out. Just, so yeah. it was just all the same grades I could go in any direction. But also, I was going to say, did you feel that because, like you say, like your dad didn't wouldn't budge, but, like, for me... I think that was across the board. Like, if you had a black dad, yes. <laughs> that, 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 for our generation, <laughs> that's what that's that's how that's what they knew. That's what they learned. Yeah. Yeah. Like the dad has the final <laughs> word on everything yeah. under this roof. Yeah. So, like, they're not going to budge. And I think actually, it's even I was going to say worse. That's not, um, but like, it's harder for the girls mm. than it is for the boys. I think. Mm. And so, like, it's not just you, like. Like you're you're probably seeing that with all of your your not all but like all of your sort of black peer, peers yeah. that they're having a similar sort of thing mm. and so like well this is how it works so yeah. I just have to go along with just this I haven't I haven't really yeah. got a choice at least if you see that there are other options and you might think oh maybe maybe that I could be the other 
the other thing. Yeah. But if, if everyone is in the same situation, then you kind of go, well, you don't see a different uh, possibility. Absolutely, absolutely. So I can yeah. well understand that you went, you went that way. Let's talk about the music mm-hmm. at this time. And I was very intrigued. No, actually, I wasn't intrigued. Intrigued is not the word. I was uh, taken, I was taken down a trip down memory lane, which is the whole point <laughs> yeah. of this. You chose, there was two that you mentioned. One was Boo, Sticky, featuring Miss Dynamite. Yeah. And the other one was My Desire, mm. uh, the Dream Team remix. And so both of them are quite garage tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah both of them are garage tunes. So oh, what, yeah. was, what was garage music for you at that time? So I went to school in Islington. And Hackney at that time, uh, just so many schools had closed down because of just like just bad really? things, so whatever bad things had happened. So we had a lot of Hackney kids would come to school in Islington. And because obviously, as I said, I was um, like, I grew up really close to that side. Uh, well, uh, that side of Islington, which was really close to Hackney. And the school I was in was also just right on the cusp of Islington and Hackney. It meant that we had loads of boys, it was a boys' school. So we had loads of boys from Hackney as well as from Islington. And the way things were, I don't know how much it is now, but at that time in Islington, it was more, you had more white people, especially when you're talking about working class people, you had more white people. And in Hackney, you had more black people. Mm. So most of the black kids were from Hackney. I mean, I say most, this is just me. Like off, you know, like I think it was like head. that. Like, yeah. <laughs> to me, to, me, to us growing up, Hackney yeah. was a black area. Yeah. Really. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, there were a few of us who'd grown up in Islington. Uh, and then, yeah, and, and then I think most of the white boys were from, from Islington. And then you had some Asian boys, uh, but they were definitely minority at our school. Um, and it was actually quite segregated. Mm-hmm. And like, and there was actually a lot of racism. Actually, in your school, in yeah, your school. yeah, because like, like people were being fed up, fed things at home, mm. and that was just part of who they were. Mm. You know what I mean? Not that they necessarily even are that now, but at that time, like you have your, you know, you're working out who you are as a human being as a teenager, aren't you? So if you're getting these things and like it just seems to be the truth, mm. then you just go, well, that's the truth. And so then there was, um, there, there was a lot of because you would all talk with each other and all that kind of thing, but there was always a lot of suspicion. <laughs> there was always a lot of tension, let's say, yeah. and like, like comments would come out, and you'd be like, "Oh, okay, I see." Yeah. And and there was more racism uh, directed at the Asian boys than at the black boys from from the white boys. But there's there's prejudice going from uh, in the other direction yeah. as well, yeah. right? And we're all in this mix in this stew, and everyone listened so the black boys mostly would listen to hip-hop mm. and the white boys would listen mostly to um i don't know what we call it but like you know indie sort indie, of like oasis and, and like guitar music yeah um but everybody would listen to garage even if it wasn't something that you listen to at home yeah. everybody could could go along with it yeah and so in those classes where you had these te- you know like an art class or the music class you had these teachers who were like yeah bring in your music we'll put the tape on uh if you brought in hip hop, the white boys are like, oh, "What is this?" <laughs> if, you brought, if, if if one of the white boys brought it, brought in some, you know, like guitar music, we were just not having that either. But if someone brought in garage, yeah. then everybody would be like, "All right, yeah, we can, we can. This yeah. this would be this is it okay." United people. Yeah. I mean, I remember that. I I remember something similar in mm. in my school that 
we were listening, everyone was listening to different things, but yeah. Garage, I remember almost being surprised that some white friends were listening to yeah, Garage, yeah. and then, you know, realising that actually it's as much a white music as it is as black, it is black music yeah, it's and, and everything, it's a London yeah, 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 sound, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was amazing, and like, to think that for all of those years, we could have this thing that really, I mean, then it, things change, when you get, when you had all that, like, the baseline Garage came in, then it, then, you know, separated everyone again yeah. it was brought in that segregation <laughs> again but like when like uh, I remember an old friend of mine used to call it uh, what do you call it happy garage uh, when it was ha- the happy garage days yeah. everybody could listen to it and it was just always about a good vibe yes. there was never anything in, in. I don't remember there ever being any kind of negative feeling from the music it was just it was just always positive yeah. and so that's why I said um, um, uh, desire yeah. because my desire because that's the one that actually got me into Garage originally. I love that. Because do you know what? I When I think about get the Garage era, I had a friend who was um, on the radio. Big mm. up Z. Yeah. <laughs> Big up Z. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, he was at a pirate radio station. Mm-hmm. And he, he started mixing Garage tunes from really early. So I would get a lot of his mixtapes and stuff mm. like that. So for, when I think about Garage, it's just so immense. Like there's so so many tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was wondering, like, how did you get to choose My Desire? Because, I, I, you know, I, yeah. I love this tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But out of, out of all, all, of, the, all yeah. the ones. But, but yeah, this was the first one you saw. because it's the heard. first one. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, oh, it's, I mean, it can't be the first one I heard, but it's the first one that I was like, this is amazing. Whatever this is, I love it. And it was yeah. just in my head constantly. Yeah. And then I remember mentioning, mentioning it to a friend of mine at school. He was called Stephen. And then he would just constantly sing the song. <laughs> it was just always singing it. Yeah, yeah. So I, was, I can just remember, and it got to a point where it was like, mate, you're just ruining the song now. But like, he just rinsed the song. He was always singing it. So like, it, like, yeah, I think it was just a big moment. Yeah, yeah, it was. At least for me. Did you have any garage moves? Oh, I Did had all like- the garage moves. I can't remember them now. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, like, they used to take the mick out of me because like, you know, like, when sort of those college days when I really started raving, yeah. like, I would, if it was my choice of where we were going, they were going to be playing garage. <laughs> and like my closest friends, you know, you know who they are. They they um, weren't. They, you know, it was all right, but that's not that wasn't their first choice. Even the other day, actually, um, uh, I, say, I kind of say names. I don't even know. I can say names. But Tunji was like, "Oh yeah, we went to the gas club. That was it. New Year's." And it was the whole night, it was garage. I was like, yeah, do like a, do like a set of garage. But the whole night was garage. Was too, but they and used to say, yeah, mate. Yeah. And they, so they would take the mick out of me because I would all, like, I would do the garage moves and they weren't, they were, they, and they're better dancers than me, but yeah, like, yeah. they wouldn't do the garage moves. Yeah, they would just yeah. dance and yeah. dance well, but they wouldn't do the garage moves. I was doing the garage moves. <laughs> I love it. Right, let's have a listen to Amira, My Desire, the Dream Team Remix. The fact... Oh, I forgot to bring... Oh, the facts, yes. <laughs> I don't really have facts for this one, but Dream Team, DJ Spoonie, Mikey B and Timmy Magic, um, and they started out on pirate radio stations. Did you have, like, a pirate radio station? They were on yeah. Kiss. They were first. Oh, were they? Is that where they were I first? Think, I think yeah. they started... Because Kiss when it was a, a pirate. Yeah. Yeah. So they were on it when it was a pirate station, I yeah. I think so. So I mean, someone can correct my fact if I'm wrong. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just wrote their names in pirate radio stations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what stations I used to listen to, actually. Like, 
I mean, Choice FM was just huge. Yeah. And Kiss was was big as well. Mm. Um, but I think I maybe started listening to Kiss when it was official. But maybe I, maybe it was actually because it, it became. I remember when it was official and it was on Holloway Road. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. So I feel, but maybe I I was listening to it while it was a pirate station, but yeah. not knowing that yeah. it was a pirate station. At the but time, there was like, tons. Like you could just anytime you get in a car in yeah. London. It doesn't, it doesn't. Is it? Does it work now? Is it? Is it such a thing now? I, I mean, there is FM, but like, I don't think they put out pirate stations. Yeah, do they? because everywhere, especially around Tottenham, yeah. you just turn on the radio and there's a pirate radio yeah, 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 just yeah, coming yeah. into your frequency, yeah. and then you're like, oh, I'll like, give it a chance. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's see what let's see what they're doing. But it was when they played the adverts that you're just like, oh man, for like 30 minutes or whatever. It was just like, it was good because you didn't have them coming in constantly throughout the music. But like you would have someone do like a one, two, three hour set or whatever it was. And then they would play the adverts before the next person came on. It was uh, was long. long. And and Stratford (laughs) (laughs) Rex.
who talked to me about Drama Centre because he applied but didn't get in, but he had mates who did get in, that kind of thing, loved Drama Centre and all that. I was like, all oh, right, okay. So it came Christmas, but that was the other thing is that drama schools, it's notorious for the fact that you have to pay loads, you have to pay through the nose oh. to go to drama school. But I was like, well, let me just phone up and see how it all works because I was, you know, kind of craving it. Phoned up in the Christmas holidays, I was talking to a lady, lovely woman called Maggie, and um, talking about the thing, and I was like, yeah, but I'm not sure because, you know, I don't think I could afford it. And she was like, oh, we're in the UCAS system. As soon as she said that, that was it. I was like, oh, so it's exact, in terms, financially, it's exactly the same as what I'm doing now. All right, sign me up. So I applied. Yeah. I still So did you have to wait for the next academic year? mm -mm, because it was Christmas. So they were still going to be doing auditions up until, like, summer. Oh. So I applied, and I... I mean, I was arrogant enough to think that. Well, what it was, I applied. Over. <laughs> well, those people didn't get in. Oh, it's because you're not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> give me a bad name. But no, what I did is I, I applied to that school only. I didn't apply to any other drama school because I wanted to go there. But I was like, well, if I don't get in, I'm in a decent place now, so I'll just stay where where I am. Mm. So I applied to the drama centre, um, did the auditions and that, and I got in. And so then I left the minstrel. So. So now let me try and answer your question, which I can't remember. I can't remember either. <laughs> oh, you were saying it. what happened? Oh, yeah. What, how, how did you... Yeah, yeah so uh, uh, presumably at the time when you were doing your A-levels, mm. it became apparent that the theatre and the drama, theatre studies and, and the drama side of things were more what you were passionate about. Yeah. So I think what it... Because, like, you know, when, when I started... Um, theatre studies I still didn't really want to be an actor I don't, I don't know I didn't want to be an actor I wasn't interested in that still at that point I wanted to be a writer director oh before I forget we yeah. must talk about your turn as Mr Mushnick oh well actually <laughs> that was your star as fate role. would have it I was coming on to that <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. My, uh, <laughs> I don't want to ever forget that <laughs> oh, at, uh, at college the um, the college play I suppose yeah I think it and, was uh, and it was it was a big deal Little mm. Shop of Horrors and yeah. you were the star no I wasn't the star that, well, I, well to me you were well I appreciate well, other, it, than, but... other than obviously Seymour and yeah, and Audrey, Audrey. Mr Mushnick is like the, the one of the big Parts of the oh, yeah, it's one of the uh, main supporting roles, I think, yeah, yeah. as I remember it. But um, those two are obviously the the lead characters of that play. And, the, and was, did, did that play doing that sort of also cement the idea that yeah, you definitely. Wanted to... So I'll tell you where it all started, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when we had to audition for for and those who are listening, who you you didn't. No, how did you get in? Because you could have been playing one of the characters. <laughs> I could have. I think I could have, but yeah. I had a job at the time, oh, and I was so... going to. I was working in a doctor's surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I right. thought I wouldn't be. You know, back then you think it's all this big responsibility, and I was mm. like, oh, I'm not. They're not going to let me take time off right. to do rehearsals, and and I just didn't. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to miss that audition. And then my friend was like, come. I think maybe Jemima was like, come yeah. on, that you should come. Yeah. And I, and then I went and she's like, yeah, you could come, you could be a part of it. And I was like, can I audition? She's like, no, the auditions are done. Uh, and I was like, you need to see me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but saying that, yeah. whoever they cast was really good. Oh, they like, were. Yeah, I, they... I would have surely gone up for Audrey and not get it. <laughs> the girl what? that was Audrey was brilliant. Do you remember who who it was? Uh, it was Shakina. 
Right, yes, yes, yes. So, because I'm just trying to think, like... She was brilliant. Well, she was brilliant because she was also a brilliant singer. Mm. Um, but there were other parts as well, like like the Renettes were, were great parts. Yeah. The, the three girls that played the I Renettes were... I those parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. those parts, yeah. anyway. But who knows, you could have... I got to be the uh, dentist assistant, the one getting my teeth pulled out. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, Albert Hurts, I'm not numb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, listen, tell me about that role to you. What, what... Yeah, well, so it was actually a pretty major moment. So like as I say, I didn't want to, I still wasn't interested in uh, getting into acting. Didn't go to the first audition. And the thing is, the as you, I'm sure I remember, the woman who was in charge of the college play was Jill, who was also the teacher of the Theatre Studies course. Yeah. And so, like, in the class of what would be, like, 20, 25, I don't know what it was, only a few people went to the audition. I think people didn't really take it very seriously. It was like, oh, the college play. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the Theatre Studies class, darling. <laughs> and so, only a few people went. I didn't go because, as I say, I wasn't interested in acting anyway. Um, and I remember in, we, had, we were in class and she stood up and she was like, just saying how disappointed she was that loads of us we are in the, in her theatre studies class. We didn't even turn up for the um, the college production of you know the major college production of the play. So then we were all like, oh right, okay, better go to this next audition because there was there was a second one. So we all went, uh, and it was a big group, you know, like a kind of big group audition. And because it was like anybody in the school could come to the auditions yeah. whether, and be in the play, whether you were uh, doing a, a you know performing art performing arts course or not, there were loads of us. And at one point, we were split up into groups to do a scene from the Little Shop Horrors, in groups of like seven or whatever it was. And so everybody was able to play one of those parts. Oh. And I was Mr. Mushnik in the in the audition scene. Yeah. I was. I, I can't remember why, but I was like, all right, I'll play Mr. Mushnik. So we all like went off, did our little rehearsal to get our scenes together. Then we come and show that scene to the rest of the group. And we're doing the scene, and then it, <laughs> I could be remembered, like, you know, I could be quite delusional now. But in my memory, <laughs> as soon as I opened my mouth, people were just laughing. And I was like, just doing this Mr. Mushnik character, and people were just laughing. I'm like, actually, this feels quite good. <laughs> <laughs> And but I think, this is the first time of getting like immediate feedback, like outside of your class, I suppose. I, I think it's the first. The thing is, like, I was always in the like, you know, like I was always I always played a decent part in the school plays, like from primary school, because we had this really good teacher who who would um, who would put on a play, a Shakespeare play, every year mm. with uh, the top year and maybe a couple from the year below, whatever. Mm. So and like we had like it was really good because we always did, were doing performances of stuff. And then as I say, when I was doing drama at, uh, you know, pre-GCSEs, like uh, years 789, we had to act. Yeah. And I, I, I do remember getting good responses from people. Mm. I just didn't enjoy it. I just thought it was a stupid place to put yourself emotionally. Like, why would you want to do this to yourself? Mm. I just didn't enjoy it. But I do remember having good responses. It was just at that point, when it came to Mr. Mushnick, at, at that point in my life, yeah. doing that, it felt good. Right. And, and, and it was like... And it felt like it was a big response. And so I was just like, I think I just got the bug then. And yeah, then it's, yeah. it's, since then, really, it's been just like a drug, you know, yeah, you, yeah. that you can't really, <laughs> can't really wean yourself off of. Um, but yeah, so that's why the whole Mr. Mushnick thing was really significant for me. More so because of that moment, in a way, than 
in my memory at least, because that's the thing that, re- that I always remember, um, than later on when we were actually rehearsing it and we actually performed it, yeah. performed it, even though I enjoyed it mentally and stuff. Yeah. Well, you were brilliant in it. Thanks. You're very good. I, I enjoyed it anyway. Um, so, yeah, so let, well, the song that you chose for your early adulthood um, slash university life yeah. was uh, One Won't Do, Jay Diller. Yeah. What is that about? Tell me, tell me what made you choose that one. That's well, how did that sum up your your life? Well, that because because what was it? Uh, early adulthood and and university. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I can't, when did it actually come? I think it actually came out when I left drama school. Actually, but the artist Jay Dilla mm. is just um, he's actually dead. He actually yeah. died in his thirties, right? Mm. So um, relatively very young. And he was at the height of his powers, yeah. but he was just such an amazing beat maker, producer, uh, in the rap hip hop world, like, like a ama- like. It's really just, um, revolutionary, really. He changed. He changed a lot of. Yeah. What people were doing the sounds that they. The were sounds. Using. Yeah, and 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 like the level of artistry, like you know, in terms of, like the things he was able to do. Apparently, because I don't know anything about how actually how you make music or whatever, but apparently a lot of what he was able to do was very difficult to do, and he would do it with with seeming ease. Yeah. Apparently, he could sit down and make a tune in like fifteen minutes, and it would sound amazing even after that. Yeah. This one, he's what would you call the, the the drum thingy machine. Drum machine, yeah. Um. Uh. And yeah, it was just an amazing producer. When you when you like, if you're into that kind of music. And you look back at because he was the slum village. He was slum village, and yeah. we look back through that music, and so much of it is so timeless. Whereas when you think about a lot of pop music, it's just not timeless, mm. even if it's amazing at the time. And for him to do it so consistently throughout the years, and then for you to be able to listen to a lot of that music, and like he did a lot with Tribe Called Quest and a lot of other people, and he listen, you can listen to a lot of that music now, and it's just and it's still as good now yeah. as it was then. And this is one of those. So this is on the. The final album, I think he died maybe while he was making it. So, um, I mean, people can look up to see what the actual facts were, I guess. But I think he died while he was making it. So, like, even when you listen to the album, it doesn't feel like it's completely finished. But um, it's still an an amazing album. But, but like, like this song particularly and a couple of others do feel finished, to me anyway. And it just works on so many levels. And so when you were talking about songs uh using songs for acting for characters and for moments this is one song that i used uh when did i use it? i think i used it when i played Makushio mm-hmm. in 2006 probably and that was in the west end no theater. no no no, oh, no that i wasn't in the west end in i 2006. saw your name oh right okay no that was later on then yeah okay fine yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't in West End in 2006, mate. <laughs> <laughs> More like 10 years later. Yeah, something like that. Oh, so 2006, you played Mercutio, so that would have been around... Okay, so that would have been around your university was, life. Well, I finished in 2005. Oh, right, okay. It was like a year later or something yeah. like that. Um, and yeah, it was one of those where... I listened to the album loads, but this song in particular, I listened to constantly. Then I uh, listened to it again, you know, when I was choosing mm. music for this. Yeah. And I was like, this is still dope. This is still, like on so many, it just works on so many levels. It's such a good song. Well, let's listen to it. One Won't Do by yeah. Jay Dilla. So you've never heard this song before? I have As far as you know. 
No. Well, as far as I know, because you know what? There's a lot of Jay Dillon stuff that just passed me by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I look him up, like when people mention him, it's like, oh my God, he produced that. Oh my God, yeah. he produced So I've heard stuff, yeah. but I was never, because I remember our mutual friend was going to do like a documentary about Jay Dillon. Oh, Dillard. yeah. I don't, know what, I don't know what happened to that, but he travelled around and he did lots of. Did he? He went. He left the country and did interviews all over and, I'm just, and I'm stuff. Really, and, and, and I didn't really actually... realise the extent to his influence, to oh, Jay yeah, Dillard's yeah, yeah. influence. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. only until that sort of point. So I wasn't actually, at the time when you guys were listening to it, I don't I wasn't yeah, yeah. Really listening and, to it. And like, if it wasn't for this mutual friend of ours, like, like I, I wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have been into Jay, they, into Jay Dillard as much as I was. And uh, yeah, because it was him who I talked to about Jay Dillard more than... I would talk to Jay, talk to anybody about Jay Dilla. Yeah, um, yeah. He's yeah. super. Well, let's have a listen to the tune. We didn't really talk about your. Uh, we talked about how you got in, but give give us a bit about your life at Drama Center. So we, there was this um, nickname that I think the other drama schools had given to us, which was rather than calling it Drama Center, they'd call it Trauma Center <laughs> because. Uh, <laughs> It was so intense, and you know, you're like you're fully engrossed in this thing, because you were there for eleven hours a day, five days a week. Um, I think mo- most of the, dr- the drama schools are like that now, anyway. But I think at that time it felt like the drama centre was just a bit more extreme than the others. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think we had longer hours per day. Maybe we were doing eleven while the others were doing nine or ten or something. I don't know. Um, and yeah, like. And even if you look at the actors, like the alumni who people, like the famous actors that are out there now, you just look at them and go, oh yeah, that, he, he's pretty intense. <laughs> and she, she, yeah, she is, yeah, she's intense. So I think they just produced a lot of quite intense actors. I remember at the time asking <clears throat> you what it was like and, and you saying about different um, exercises you would have to do to like get to these really emotional places mm-hmm. or, or to, to really leave behind your what you thought of yourself so that in order for you to kind of um, uh, take on characters that you were going to play. So mm. I, I think if I remember correctly, it was, it was maybe an exercise to kind of get rid of your ego or whatever you, whoever you think you are so that you're almost like a blank canvas so that you can then, you know, really get in touch with certain roles that you take up but I remember I just remember you were saying like people were crying in the class and I just found that so <laughs> so you know like wow you go you crying you crying at school it was literally that you know wow that's so you know to be yeah. that vulnerable in front of you know strangers to begin with I suppose yeah no I think everything you said is right except I mean like it's a slightly tricky area when you talk about um how did you put it? Like uh, putting aside who you are? Yeah, like sort of thing. Well, yeah, it's not so much that you're putting thing. aside who you are. I mean, my understanding is just as an actor even now. It's not so much that you're putting aside who you are. It's more that you're putting aside, which you kind of said, you're putting aside your idea of yourself right. more. Yeah. To say that I am this thing and that you just got to say, leave yourself alone. So like... Because actually, who you are is the only thing you've got to play with at the end of the day. Mm. And like, as a human being, like, you've got, you know, you know multifaceted. You've got lo- loads more going on inside yourself as a human being than you could ever imagine, ever think to kind of understand and manipulate. Mm. So if you can just access stuff that you, that you don't understand, that is inside who you are, uh, you'll find a way, you can find a way to 
to express that in the sort of life of the character you're playing, which will work for that character. But I guess there is a school of thought where you might think I can become another person who is not me. Right. Yeah. But. I, I, me, I personally, I don't, I don't really go for that because mm. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure it's possible. And like when I look at the actors that I think are, are great actors, I think they're often just using the part of themselves yeah. which works for this character yeah. because they've got. That makes complete sense to me, though. Even more than the kind of I'm becoming someone else because that that to me almost feels too simplistic. Becoming someone else. Yeah, in the oh. way that I'm not. Me personally, I'm not educated in drama and mm. theatre and, and, and acting as a technique. Therefore, what I'm thinking it is, is just becoming someone else. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, okay, I think it's like right, that sort of layman, yeah. you just yeah, become yeah, someone yeah, else. Yeah, 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 I think what is more, what makes more sense actually is accessing something that is already within you yeah. to bring into the character that you're yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. No, I think so, I, th- I think so. And like even... In that, obviously, like I said about the Woody Harrison thing, like I copied something he did, but I'm copying something that I see on the outside of me, mm-hmm. but finding a way, the reason I'm copying it a few times is to see how I can connect to that and, and uh, you know, fully embody that thing in the way that I would fully embody that thing yeah. and go, okay, yeah, I, and I, I can feel that now. And now I know that, that I've got that, that if somebody were to see me do it, they would wouldn't even think it was anything like what Woody Harrison did because because I'm a different human being to what he is even though I'm doing a thing which I don't recall ever having done in my life. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure I have because because I'm because my you know I've been around for long enough. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember all the things I've done. Yeah. Can't remember all the things I've felt. But it's there. So if you can yeah access it in such a way that you can use it for that character. Like I've got one of my it's a friend of mine. Um, brilliant actor called Ryan Gage uh, I also call him one of my teachers because mm-hmm. I've been to him to help teach because he's a really good teacher as well yeah. and the thing he goes on about most is personalisation and that's what it so personalisation is that obvious what that means by saying it or do I, I suppose so like per- personalising something so it could belong to anyone but you doing it your way personally to you is that basically it? yeah so like as, as you... I was singing you know when you see these people who go on X Factor there's the ones who make it their own in mm. inverted commas and the ones who just sort of sing exactly like Whitney Houston yes. or okay imitate that is ex- that is actually right but it's actually not, um, now I'm understanding what you're saying sl- there's a or there's another element to it I guess because mm. that is actually right but also personal personal personalization in the sense that so say for example you have a line that somebody else has written for a character that, character that somebody else has come up with, yeah. you look at that line and you go, okay, I've got to say this. Um, it's, it's about finding a way that that can come out of you yeah. and it becomes something that you as a human being have to say in this moment. The only way you can do that do you know is, to look, is to look back in yourself as yeah. who you are, me and Susie, and go, when have I felt like that? Yeah. And then... Do, put the two things together sorry i yeah. just had to stifle a giggle because <laughs> all i could remember was um at school doing a joint romeo and juliet production with the boys school i was lady capulet and the boy said to me 
bring me my long sword home. <laughs> <laughs> Did he mean it in that way as well? That was his personal idea. <laughs> I swear he understood it. He meant it. Man, that's, that's um, like that's one of those heat. Yeah, but it's um Lino in um yeah. Thundercats. <laughs> Thundercats, oh, yeah. <laughs> really. But yes, all right. Let's just move on. We are listening to well, this is the um, love and heartbreak song. Oh, love and heartbreak. Love and heartbreak song. So this, I, you've you've chosen two. Well, there's two here. Orange Moon by Erica Badu. And love don't live here anymore, Faith Evans. Mm-hmm. And that's a heartbreak one. I'm always sometimes drawn to the heartbreak one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where you listen. Is this a song that you would listen to on repeat? The love don't live here anymore. Did you ever get into those zones of like crying, heartbreak, and listening to a song on repeat? And well, first of all, when I mean, talk about crying, I'm a boy that was brought up in the 80s and stuff, and I used I was very sensitive, so I'd cry loads. And I remember being sat down by two of my cousins who were both older than me when I was still very young and they were like, you know, boys don't cry. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay. And these people that I really looked, looked up to. Yeah, so I was like, okay, from then I stopped crying. And then got to a point where I didn't cry at all ever for for years, like as a teenager or whatever. Because, you know, like... You, <laughs> you, Would you never feel the sting behind your eyes? I'm sure I did, but you don't you don't acknowledge it. And you, you definitely can't do it in front of people. To, I need to know how to block out. No, you don't I need cry to. All the time. No, no, you don't block I it. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <I> know. <laughs> no, you don't block it out. No. That's not a good idea, especially yeah. as an adult. And it's not a good idea at all. Yeah. You can get yourself into funny positions by thinking that you can't cry in front of people ever. Mm. So, like, yeah, I don't remember being, you know, like a teenager or uh, like young adult crying but yeah I was definitely very um, upset by, by by things yeah and yeah I would yeah the, the Faith Evans I'd put on repeat or sometimes it would be more like in moments even in later life where I would uh, be disappointed because you know maybe if I, I liked someone and realised that they didn't like me or or if breaking up with someone or whatever that was just the first song that comes to my mind and it just plays on loop in my head like the whole song in detail yeah, you know what I mean it's, it's quite a it's quite a, a literal song to break yeah, isn't yeah, it exactly. it's not there's not there's nothing um, it's not ambiguous abstract that, about yeah. it isn't it yeah. it's like, definitely like love don't live here anymore that's exactly what we're talking about yeah <laughs> does that speak to a, a bit of a dramatic side of you because <laughs> 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 it's quite like <laughs> to me it feels quite you know love don't love it ever, like so definite and whatever oh, it, or is it just something dear. that just so happens to no the thing is someone. I probably am quite dramatic in that way because like you know I've always been someone that just falls in love really easily mm. uh, and yeah just really easily and you know can be in that place yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so is the um, the Orange Moon Erica Badu who yeah. actually has worked with Jay Diller. What is it about that song, The Orange Moon? What does that speak to? I mean, obviously it's a song, so you just feel it, right? But 
in terms of the words, it's just a great song. And I think it's in, it's in, what's, what's I don't know how you describe it, it's in threes. Is it three, four? Yeah. 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 Three, fours? Yeah, it? yeah. Okay. I think that's, that's quite novel as well, especially for like any kind of like hip hop, R&B, soul sort mm. of music. Mm. That's, that's a thing. And I always, like when I realised that's what it was, um, I just remember that it just really affects me. I think that works on some emotional level um, with me anyway that uh, maybe other songs don't, maybe it just sticks out, whatever it is. So there's that. But then, yeah, the words as well. Like, I don't want to get too deep into it because some people might say that, well, well what's she saying? Like, cause mm. I, I'm an orange moon reflecting my sun. And like, I don't think, like, who knows? Maybe she's talking about the sun because I can't remember the, all the words of the song right now, but maybe she's talking about her son as in her child. But I think she's talking about the sun and the sun is the man and she's the woman the moon all the all this kind of ancient imagery that we're talking about mm. and like feeling at that time like yeah i want to be someone's son and make them feel like the moon you know all that yeah, sort of that yeah. all that gooey stuff well let's listen to it i'm going to play orange moon by erica badu i'm an orange moon the last one is present day songs mm-hmm what you are listening to now and also I'd like to talk about like what you are doing now we spoke about you know your past your um you know growing up school sort of thing Mm. now you've you've gone through the uh education system (laughs) acting and you are a working actor (laughs) if there was an audience here I was like give him a round of applause you've been in loads of stuff a few things and as you mentioned before, you um, you were doing more theatre, and mm-hmm. now you're doing some screen, yeah. different uh, set of skills, yeah. I suppose. But what sort of stuff have you been in, and what are you working on now? Can you talk about what you're working on now? I think so, yeah. It's all on, it's online and stuff. So, I mean, well, the, the two things that haven't come out yet, one's called World on Fire, which is a BBC TV drama, Second World War which will be coming out September. And then a film, which I have a smallish part in, which is called Last Christmas. Um, which is a nice Christmas gigs. movie. A Christmas movie. Are you prepared to be like on rotation now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> every, every year, your face coming out. Why there. would I not be? That, I think that's that be... Do you know, like, you know how some people really watch like Love Actually every year yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff like that. Like people, I mean, I, I, there's some actors in that that you know you don't, they're not really, they, they, you kind of just see them in that film. I feel like Marcy McClutchin was in that, but you don't really see her. She was, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, but then every year, you know, yeah, you're still yeah, in people's yeah. consciousness, and you're still. Mm. That's what the Christmas movie does. Oh right, okay. Do you cool. have a favorite Christmas know. movie? You ever watch Christmas movies? No, not nothing, really. Nothing but, top time alone. I was going to say exactly, oh, but like whether, whether it's Christmas <laughs> or not, Home Alone was just a great movie. But actually, is um, Groundhog Day is that a Christmas movie? No, that's I not feel, a Christmas I movie. Feel, is it? Do you know what? There is like some sort of celebration in it, and I guess it is the maybe the celebration of the of Groundhog, the Groundhog Day, Day. Yeah, it must be. But it does feel almost like oh, because the, there's I a snow in it. Groundhog Day, mate. That film. We don't is, talk about that film enough. Do people not talk about Because I don't know what people talk I about. I don't I'm think not... people talk about that film enough. It's such a good film. Yeah, and we were talking about films that date. That does not, this film does not date. Yeah. I watched it maybe a year ago or so. Right. It is genious, start to finish. Yeah. You watch it. 
You can watch that. Do you know what my favourite scene is? What's that? When he's eating the cake in the cafe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why is that your face? She's like, you're going to get high cholesterol. I don't care. He doesn't care. I'm like, man, imagine being able to stuff face <laughs> every day because he knows it's not going to have green cake. Mm. <laughs> and he's really stuffing his face yeah, as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's just like, don't like, care. <laughs> and he looks skilled at it as well. Like he's, yeah. got, like he's got the technique of getting the whole cake in the mouth in one go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So you so you are in a Christmas movie. That one's quite exciting because you've you've got Amelia Clark's in that. Yeah. And she's brilliant. Like I've never worked Have with her. Have you got scenes with her? Yeah, yeah, all my scenes are with oh. her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we say this now, you know how, well, people may not know how it works, but oftentimes you can turn up to watch your movie and you're not in it anymore. <laughs> you just get cut out <laughs> for whatever reason. So, but yeah, the scenes that I did are with her in in them. Maybe one is like a, like she leaves the scene halfway through sort of thing. Yeah. So hopefully they're important enough that they'll stay, but you don't know. Um, yeah, so and the scenes that um, we did with... Uh, with Amelia Clark, uh, yeah, she she is just brilliant. Yeah. Like, and I was able to like just watch some bits of her on the screen because you, you know, like, well, yeah, you can you can watch the screen. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, maybe she's good. She's such a good actor. I, I I I always am amazed because her personality, the way she's in interviews, mm-hmm. is so different. Obviously, because mm. she's acting to what we know of her as. Daenerys oh, Stormborn, I see, yeah. Daenerys Stormborn, Targaryen, Mother of Dragons, uh, three uh, of uh, slaves, um, and the Andals of the First Men. And no, I tried to learn her. From... <laughs> I was impressed. Me... No, do you know what? It actually used to piss me off when people would call her Kelly's. Just Kelly's. It's like, oh, uh, <laughs> seems she didn't have a uh, you know Khal wasn't around. <laughs> Technically, she wasn't a Kelly's. Oh right, okay. And her full name was Daenerys Stormborn, Targaryen, Mother of Dragons. And... So the now we've got... the, um, yeah. Sorry, I keep on interrupting. No, sorry, okay, it's a long name. <laughs> but now that we've got the new season coming, what should she be called? That or can she be called Khaleesi? Um, she can be called Khaleesi now, I think, because oh, okay. she does have a Khalisar to oh. her, so which is the, the the army. All right, yeah, you're properly yeah. embedded in all this. Oh my gosh, I am embarrassing. <laughs> I'm just, I just, I watch everything there is. Yeah, around yeah, around Game of the GOT the thing. But it's such um, a good show, though. It's so good, and and what I find with her is that she, you can you can just see what a brilliant actor she is because she when she's in her just like doing normal interviews and stuff she's mm. just such a she's just like a normal person yeah, just yeah, so yeah. friendly yeah, yeah. And kind I don't know that's the impression I get from oh, she's her. lovely yeah and and then you know she plays this character who has gone through so much and has this sort of almost a wall mm. you know mm. and I think that is probably maybe the biggest difference I think maybe acting you know like there's this distance between you and everyone else she's right. a queen yeah, in the yeah, show yeah, yeah. And she comes across so warm and friendly and, uh-huh. and inviting in, yeah, life, in real life. You know. Mm. So yeah, I think um yeah, you're right. I think she would be a brilliant actress. Mm. But yeah, so you're in that. Lots yeah. of things, lots of good things, and more screen than theatre. Is that are you gonna go back to theatre? You were doing stuff with um you did stuff with Kenneth. Sir Kenneth Brenner. Sir Kenneth oh my god, I missed the Sir. 
<laughs> I don't think you'll mind. <laughs> I don't think you'd mind. <laughs> so, Kenneth Branagh, you did, you did the Romeo and Juliet. That, that's why I thought you had Mercutio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I played Tybalt in, in that show. Tybalt in that yeah. show, yeah. Yeah. Your present day, we're on your present day. The yeah. song that you've chosen is really a piece of music. Lark Ascending mm. by Vaughan Williams. Williams, yeah. Yeah, reason being that, like, like so I don't really listen to music anymore. We can go into the reasons if you want, but, like, I don't really listen to music anymore. But that song, I played on YouTube for my daughter when she was really young. And she's got, like, the worst memory of things that, with things that she doesn't want to have a memory for. <laughs> things that she does want to. You're just like, how do you remember that? It's unreal. And so I played that uh, for her. I was probably, you know, trying to manipulate her or whatever. But <laughs> be like, you're going to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, and then the other day, like, a few months ago, she was like, can we play, can, because I would, like, you know, I've always play stuff on YouTube for acting purposes and she would just be around. So like, if I'm trying to work on an accent, I'll play somebody who's speaking in that accent or whatever. Or if I, if I, um, like I was, for this um, World War Two thing, I had to play the trumpets. I was playing a lot of jazz and all that kind of thing. And so the things that she'll pick out and she'll be like, I like that one. So every now and again, as soon as she sees me open my phone, rather than me putting on the news or something that she doesn't want to listen to, she'll say, can I listen to, can we have blah, blah, blah. And one day she was just like, can we have the, the lady playing the violin? I think she'd learned the word violin at school. I was like, you, wait, is she talking about Lark Ascending? She can't be. So, but I called it up on the phone, mm. and that is exactly what she was talking about. She just remembered it from all those years before. Um, so yeah, so like that song g- gets played loads because she—that's the one that she knows that I'll play. <laughs> I'll quite happily play sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, that ends up being the one I listen to the most. But like yeah, I don't I don't really listen to music much. So that was kind of an obvious choice. But yeah, so listening to this, it's called Lark Ascending. You go, like if you close your eyes, when you hear this, you can hear, you can see a lark ascending. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, I just think it's, it's just genius. It's so beautiful. But if I listen to this by myself with the headphones in, like with decent headphones, like this makes me really emotional actually. Really? Yeah. Oh. I love that when music can do that. Mm. Just coming to the end of our interview, but the next part of it, of the um, podcast, is where I like to shine a spotlight on a new band or up-and-coming, unsigned artist. This band is called In The Forest, and they have sent me a song called Tired. But I would love to encourage everyone to listen to this song and to check out the band In The Forest. I will leave their details on my show notes um, and in the in the post for this um, episode so that you can check them out and go and support them, go and support new music. Here's In the Forest with Tired. Thank you. 
Okay, so that was In the Forest Retired. Make sure you check them out. I'm going to leave their details in the show notes. Uh, follow them, support their music, see when they're playing live, and go down and watch them. Um, but now it just leaves time to say thank you to Ansu. Thank you for your chat. Thank you. It was lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. It was I a lot really of fun. enjoyed this. Yeah. I really enjoyed learning new things about you that I didn't know. <laughs> so um, all the best for your future stuff that Thank you're doing. You. I think you're not really online, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you say not really. You mean not online not, at all? It's just not online. It's just not online. So you can't follow Ansu anywhere, but you can keep an eye out for. The, the movies that he's going to be in. But yeah, Ansu, thank you so much for your time and for sharing with us um, some of your musical choices that have summed up certain um, times and periods of your life. Thank you very much for that. And thank you. It's a brilliant idea. What you're doing here with this podcast is just brilliant and I think it's really, uh, it's just a great idea. Something that like anybody would enjoy doing with you if you give them the opportunity. Oh, I will. Thank you so much for Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to Tuneful Radio. If you'd like to talk about the episode, please use the hashtag Tuneful Radio so I can see it. Also, why not get in touch to let me know your chosen songs for each category and a little story to go with it? I might just read it out on the next episode. You can email me on tunefulradio at gmail.com or you can just head to the website tunefulradio.com forward slash contact. Lastly, don't forget to follow Tuneful Radio on Twitter and Instagram and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so others can find it. Thanks again to my wonderful guest, Ansu Kabia, and thanks again for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode. It's Tune for radio, 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 tune for